From personal inconveniences to global pandemics, the world is constantly changing. Millions experience anxiety about change that may or may not come. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah shares how you can find comfort in the unchanging character of God as he continues the series, The God You May Not Know. With peace in a world of change, here's David to share knowing a changeless God. And I want to thank you for joining us today. This is Turning Point. I'm David Jeremiah, and we are talking about the attributes of God. Uh, The title of the series and of the resource book for the month is The God You May Not Know. Twelve chapters in this book that feature in each chapter one of the main attributes of God, his power, his holiness, his omniscience, uh, his changelessness is what we're going to talk about today. I'd like for you to have this book. It's beautifully designed, and it's built for you. It's built so you will have this resource on the shelf, and you will have a place to go to when these questions come up about who is God and what is he like and how much has he revealed to us about himself. Here's how you get a copy of this book during the month of April when you send a gift of any size to Turning Point. We'd like to say thank you with this book. It's a hardcover book that is about... 265 pages, and it will um, give you something to read for a little bit and really challenge you and encourage you. So during this month, when you have an opportunity, send a gift to Turning Point, and when you do it, ask for the book, The God You May Not Know, and it's on its way. Also want to remind you that we're moving closer and closer every day to our special event in Boise, Idaho. This is our only uh, spring rally, and it is on the 20th of April at the Extra Mile Arena. You can get tickets for this event by going to davidjeremiah.org slash tour. Uh, we're beginning to see the momentum uh, for ticket requests really uh, pick up. We're blitzing the area with television ads and so many wonderful people there working with us to make this night a night of rejoicing and fellowship and encouragement. If you live in the Boise area, I hope you will come. I hope you will take time to order the tickets, make sure you mark the date, and bring your friends and come that night for a time of rejoicing. Once again, it's April the 20th at the Extra Mile Arena in Boise, Idaho. Well, Today is the first part of our lesson on a changeless God. And ladies and gentlemen, there couldn't be a more important lesson than that one because everything you see is changing. Uh, If the historians chronicle the last 10 years, they will say more things changed in that decade than perhaps any other time in history. But one thing didn't change. One person didn't change, and that's God. And we'll find out more about that as we open our Bibles together right now. Growing up, I'm sure you heard this along with all of us, that what you don't know won't hurt you. And I'd like to abuse that thought today, because what you don't know can hurt you. What you don't know about God will keep you from ever enjoying him as you should. What you don't know about God will keep you from loving him as you should. And what you don't know about God will keep you from worshiping him as you should. So it behooves all of us to make it our goal to know about God, but not just to know about him, to know him. We've learned that our God is a holy God, that only in the Bible is there a three-time phrase about God. 
He is not good, good, good. He's holy, holy, holy. And we've learned that God is a faithful God, that he always is available to guide and direct and shepherd his people. What a great truth about the God we serve. Today, we're going to talk about God and his changeless qualities. God is a changeless God. Our planet is facing an onslaught of global threats. But there's one menace that you and I face every day, and we probably don't even know it. We feel it, but it's hard to grasp all of its implications. Experts call it ROC, Rate of Change. That's an appropriate acronym because it's not just the change, but it's the rate of change that's rocking our world. In 1965, for example, a man by the name of Gordon Moore, who co-founded Intel, made an observation that's now known by his name. It's called Moore's Law. In technology and information processing, he said processing power doubles every two years. Decades have passed since Moore uttered his prediction, but his observation has held true. If anything, the rate of change has accelerated more than we could ever imagine. Going forward, the implications of this are astounding. According to Ryan Arshad, writing for Forbes magazine, this means that in five years, our technology will be 32 times better than it is now. And for those of you like your pastor who are trying to still figure out your iPhone, this is really frightening. (laughs) In 10 years it will be 1,000 times better than it is now. And in 20 years, it will be 1 million times more advanced. That's hard for us to comprehend. In fact, there's a term that is in all of this discussion. It's called singularity. Singularity is used to describe the point at which technologies are so complex and intelligent that the human mind is unable to comprehend them. According to the scientists, that point will occur in 30 years. But don't be afraid. The last time I looked, the planet was still spinning on its axis at exactly the same speed. About 1,000 miles an hour at the equator. The world hasn't sped up at all, but we have. We're in a world that changes every single moment, and we can't seem to keep up. Yet the consequences of not keeping up are very frightening. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm all for the right changes at the right times. In fact, the greatest change we'll ever experience in this world in which we live is the change we experience when we place our faith in Jesus Christ. He forgives us. He pardons us. He gives us eternal life. And the Bible says that when we put our trust in Jesus Christ, he comes into our life and we are different people. The Bible says when he comes into our lives, old things pass away and all things become new. You talk about change. When we come to Christ, we are redeemed from the inside out. We're made new in light of the word of God. We literally pass from death to life when we are born again. But change just doesn't happen when we first become Christians. Change is at the heart of our growth as Christians. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the Corinthians, said it this way, but we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Now watch this. We are being transformed. That word means changed. 
We are being changed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. What is Paul talking about here? He is saying that when we live in the presence of Jesus Christ, when we worship him, when we behold him, when we study his word, the Holy Spirit unleashes a process within us that creates change. We are constantly being changed from one degree to the next. We are being conformed into the image of God's Son. And you know there's another change coming, don't you? We were changed when we were saved. We're being changed right now. One day we're going to really be changed. The Bible says when Jesus comes again, we shall all be changed. One mortal moment and then an immortal eternity. 1 Corinthians 15 says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, we shall be changed. And we're going to be changed to be like Christ. We're going to get a body like his resurrection body. Changes at the very heart of redemption. And that's very encouraging because if you're like me, you've noticed you could use a little change in here and there. Amen? Amen. Even in human civilization, many of our changes are good. I mean, who wants to go back to the days before indoor plumbing? Do we need to vote on that one? (laughs) We all love the benefits of electricity and medical advances and instant communications with people that we love. But some change is not good. Some change is for the worse. And frankly, one of the most difficult things of all is this. Change itself is becoming more and more difficult for us to manage. I know some of you, you don't like anything to change. You need to get over it. We live in a world of change. It's not just me. (laughs) You see, and and what you feel when I say that is either a positive, I'm glad we're doing it, or I wish you would not do that. (laughs) Change is hard, is it not? In the midst of all of this change, enter God. Unchanging, unchangeable, immutable, forever and unalterably steadfast. Our God never changes. At the age of 20, the famed preacher from London, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, gave his first message at New Park Street Church. And he preached on the subject I'm preaching on today, the changeless nature of God. It was one of his favorite subjects, and he returned to it often in the 56 years he was on this earth. What he said is profound, and it echoes the truth of the Word of God. Here are some of the things he said in his sermon. He said, what God is today, he always was. He never began to be. There never was a time when he was not, and there never will be a time when he ceases to be. All that God is at this very moment, he has ever been and ever will be. He cannot change for the better, for he's already perfect. And being perfect, he cannot change for the worse. God is neither young nor old. He just is. There are no temporary changes in God. He does not have to keep up with the times. He does not revert back to what he was. Improvement or deterioration is impossible with God. He is perpetually the same. He is altogether uninfluenced by what happens in heaven or in outer space or in hell or anywhere. And the flight of time does not affect him. Our God does not have wrinkles on his brow. 
His power can never diminish. His glory cannot fade. The God that we worship today is the same God who created everything that is. He is the unchanging God. I put it in a little paradigm. Here's what it says. The God who was is the God who is. The God who is is the God who is to come, and the God who is to come is the God who was. (laughs) There you go. It's an unbroken circle of immutability. And I need to tell you, men and women, of all the things we're talking about with regard to God, this may be the one thing we need the most. We need to know that in our lives there is some stability, and God is like a mountain of granite in a desert of sand. All of us here appear for a little while. We laugh, we weep, we work, we play. Then we get older, we pass away in the never-ending cycle of human life. But God is not subject to that cycle because God is uncreated. He is the creator. And the psalmist put it this way, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And James said that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, now listen, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God does not change. And there never has been a time when this truth is more needed than in this day of fluctuation. At a time when people are grabbing for anything that will stay put, it's wonderful to have a steadfast God who is strong and steady and trustworthy. So in light of that, that we have this unchanging God, I would like to give you five things that this means to us and how it affects our lives today. Yes, God is unchanging. What does it mean? First of all, it means that his promises are unchangeable. The terms unchangeable and immutable are hard to grasp. You've probably heard the word immutability. Maybe you wonder what in the world that is. Well, I'll help you understand that word and you'll never forget what it means. If you've studied science at all, you've heard about mutations. Mutations are changes. Immutability means no change. It's changes with the immu on the front of it. So there's no change. The word immutability is about change and the Bible says God does not do that. He does not change. In Numbers Chapter 23 and verse 19, we read, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. He has said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? The promises of the Bible are just as sure as the character of God. Because God does not change, his promises do not change. And most of you know there are a lot of promises in the Bible Kind of hard to count them. One man I know tried. He was a school teacher up in Kitchener, Ontario, and he decided to count the promises in the Bible. To get ready for it, he read through the Bible 26 times. On the 27th reading, he decided to take a year and a half off and count all of the promises he had marked, and he came up with over 7,000 promises. In fact, 7,487 to be exact. That's over 20 promises per day throughout the year. This is God's promise book. (laughs) I remember when I was growing up, we had this little tradition in my house. 
I don't know if this was my mom or my dad, but I'd rather suspect it was my mom. She brought home one day what she called the promise box. It was about this square, about this high. Stacked together in this box were promises. And she put this on the kitchen table. And every time us kids would get ready to come to dinner, we would sit down for the prayer. And before we would pray, she would get this box out and she'd hand out one of these to everybody around the table. And we would read a promise from God before we prayed. And then we'd gather them all up and put them at the back of the box so they didn't circulate too quickly and we'd go through that box. And over the years that I grew up, one of my memories was constantly being exposed to the promises of God. Now we didn't have 7,000. We didn't have a box that big. But on the authority of the changeless nature of God, I can tell you not one single one of those promises has ever been broken or ever will be. God will keep every single one of them. And here are some of the cards from our kitchen table. I'd like you to help me remember them. Maybe some of them are what you need for today. Let's read them out loud together. Shall we do that? Let's go. Have I not commanded you... Be strong and of a good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And 7,000 480 some more. These promises can never waver because they are promises of an unchanging God. If one of these promises can be broken, God is broken because these promises are a part of his nature. So listen, whenever you are troubled and distressed and under pressure and anxious and angry or in need of guidance, The proper God-given strategy is to turn off all the noise, open your Bible, prayerfully read it and study it, and ask God to give you a promise upon which you can stand. You say, what if I don't run into one? There's 7,000 of them. You'll run into one. If you keep reading and studying your Bible, you'll find the very promise you need. Interpret it wisely. Do whatever it says in terms of its conditions. Focus your mind on it. Look at your problem through the lens of that promise. To grow stronger in our faith, we must focus our mental energy on the unfailing promises of God, on the unchangeable God who is behind those promises. I love what the Apostle Peter said about these promises. He called them exceedingly great and precious. And they are. They're exceedingly great and precious. There was a man who owned a company And he was a Christian man, and he had a young laborer who worked for him who was also a Christian. And this owner began to notice that this young man who was a Christian was handling life a whole lot better than he was. They went through some trouble and some difficulty, and it was tearing apart the owner 
But the young man who came to work just came every day with a smile on his face and never seemed to be moved at all by what was happening. And one day the owner couldn't take it any longer and he went to his young employee and he said, what is it with you, sir? He said, you don't seem to be bothered by anything. He said, well, the secret is the promises of God. He said, well, I have them too. I stand on the promises of God. He said, that's your problem. He said, you can't stand on them. You've got to lay down on them and hold on to them with both hands and embrace them. He said, if you stand on them, the wind can blow you off of them. But if you hang on with both hands and you hug it with all your, you got to hug your promises, he said. And that's not a bad truth. It's not just read it once and say, well, there it is. And take that promise to heart. Put your arms around it. Hug it to your soul. And God will meet your need. Not only are God's promises unchanging, so are his purposes. Did you know that when God created you, he already knew what you were going to be like because he saw you before the foundation of the world and his purpose for you was already in his mind. There's no one here that doesn't have a purpose from God. You may not feel very purposeful. You may not feel very close to God. But if you're a Christian, if you know Jesus Christ, if you've accepted Christ, Almighty God has a purpose for your life. And it's your responsibility to find out what that is. He's not going to send you an email. You have to get in the word of God and find out what God is up to in your life. It's part of the growth that you go through. His plans were established for you before the foundation of the world. And his intentions and decrees don't evolve with more knowledge. God reminded his exiled prophet Ezekiel that nothing about the divine plan for Israel had changed. Even though the Babylonians had destroyed the city of Jerusalem... In Ezekiel 24, verse 14, in the midst of all of this, here are the words of God. I, the Lord, have spoken it. It shall come to pass, and I will do it. I will not hold back. And to Isaiah, the Lord was equally emphatic. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand And I will do all my pleasure. I will bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. As humans, we have a hard time understanding this because let me tell you what we are. We're not immutable. We're improvisers. We improvise. I mean, we start cooking supper and we don't have only ingredients and so we improvise. How's that turn out? We create a business plan, but we forget there's some obstacles out there that we didn't see, so we improvise. We form a game plan for our team, but the opponents call an audible and run a trick play, so we improvise. But God never improvises. He already knows all the contingencies, and his providence marches toward his goals and his immutable decrees. Perhaps you're saying, well, I've read the Bible, Dr. Jeremiah, and I've read some verses, and i got some questions. If you ever hang around young people, especially college-age kids, they know where all these places are. Somebody told them. They didn't read it in their devotional time. They heard it from some ungodly professor in the school they go to. They love to bring up all the things that they don't understand about the Bible. Most of the time when they do that, all they're doing is revealing their own ignorance. If they approach the subjects they supposedly teach with the same carelessness with which they approach the Bible, they would be out of a job within a few weeks. Hmm. Well, I'm not sure that's a good place to end, but we're going to end there anyway. Come back tomorrow with part two 
of knowing a changeless God. Wednesday and Thursday, we're going to talk about knowing a powerful God. On Friday, knowing a good God. This week is a wonderful week for us to open our Bibles and our hearts together and explore the nature of Almighty God. You can't know everything about God. He's unfathomable. If you could know everything about God, you would be his equal, and he has no equal. But God has chosen to reveal himself in the Scripture. He has secrets, but he hasn't kept them all to himself. He's revealed himself and his secrets to us if we'll just study the Scripture. And during this month, we are talking about the God you may not know and featuring a book by that title. Uh, This book uh, will encourage you to take the journey from knowing about God to knowing God. And it's yours for a gift of any size to Turning Point during the month of April. So why not sit down today and write us a note and send us a gift and say thank you for Turning Point. And please send me the book and you'll have it before you know it and be able to read it and study it and enjoy it. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, The God You May Not Know, please visit our website. There you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's book, The God You May Not Know, and take the journey from knowing about God to knowing God. This helpful book is yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James Versions with notes and articles from Dr. Jeremiah's decades of study. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, The God You May Not Know, on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible, drawing on more than 40 years of study by Dr. David Jeremiah. Take your personal Bible study deeper with unique introductions to each book of the Bible. 55 full-page articles exploring the essential themes of the Christian life. 8,000 study notes with insightful and practical content, an extensive cross-reference system, and helpful sidebars that extend to topics beyond the study notes. You can also take advantage of online resources available to you at jeremiahstudybible.com. Great for individual or small group studies, this Bible is available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print with several cover options. For more information or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. For more than 40 years, Dr. David Jeremiah has faithfully preached God's Word. And as the world changes, how the message is delivered expands. Turning Point Plus was created as the next step in our digital broadcast ministry. And it's available instantly when you sign up to support Turning Point with an automatic monthly gift of any amount. Learn more and access more than 12,000 audio and video messages at turningpointplus.org. Leo Tolstoy, the famous Russian novelist, is reported to have made an amazing statement. I have not yet met a single man, he said, who was morally as good as I. 
I don't know the context of Tolstoy's statement, but I hope there was something at work there besides pride, because pride is a dangerous thing. Jesus told a story about two men, one of whom sounded a lot like Tolstoy. He was a religious man who boasted about his moral superiority. The other was a poor man who confessed his sinfulness to God. I don't need to tell you which one gained God's approval. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's response to pride on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.